Welcome to the Career Pivot Podcast. I'm Beck Sands and I help people pivot into careers or businesses that they love. This podcast is an interview series with people that have successfully pivoted their careers so that you can feel inspired to do the same. I believe that everyone deserves to do work that they love and to feel fulfilled, driven, and know that they are making a positive impact on the world. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I'm interviewing Sora Schilling, a sacred space holder, transformative business coach, powerful medicine woman, and much more. Sora is the producer of Sora TV and the Sacred Business Podcast, author of the Stay Sacred Journal, and a co-creator of the Priestess Temple School with Julie Parker. Sora began her career in the fashion industry as a merchandiser and buyer before pivoting many times, traveling, becoming a teacher, and more. I am super excited about this conversation. Sora, thank you so much for being on the Career Pivot podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. Amazing. Well, let's dive into it. Can you tell us a little bit about where you were at in your career before you pivoted? Uh, And then what was the catalyst that made you want to pivot? So to be honest, I've had many, many careers. (laughs) And I think that is what brought me to what I do now and who I am now. And When I look back at each of the moments of my careers, when I chose to pivot for me and my life lesson, it always was, what is the next stage of my growth and understanding who I am and what I want to contribute? And so each moment in each phase, I realized a deeper layer of conditioning and expectations that were put on me that wasn't my own and having to release them in order to get to a place of even more authenticity and and alignment. Tell us a little bit about like some of your pivots. Sure. Um, Well, let's see. I have done many things. Um, I started working since I was probably about 15. And so I've had many, many numerous jobs. But when it comes to careers, I was in the fashion industry and I was a merchandiser, which is pretty much known as a buyer. Um, And then went into pre-production and learning and figuring out materials and what we were thinking about that was going to go out, you know, about four to five seasons later, that kind of stuff. And then after that, I got so burnt out and I was in a very toxic environment. So I chose to leave and travel and be in a different country for a while. So it was nomadic. And then I met back to school and became a primary school teacher and a special educator. And then I traveled and I was an international school teacher for a number of years. I then became an experience lead for a design consulting firm. Um, I was the director of a nonprofit and that all led me finally to life coaching. I don't think I missed anything in between that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is so many different careers. I love it so much. Cause I think that like, you know, these days we all really need to think about career pivots because no one, you know, really anymore just stays in one linear kind of career. Like it's quite rare, I would think, for people, you know, to step into like one career and then that's it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I do believe that it kind of is, I think there's no right or wrong in which way you go about it. So I know some dear people who 
slow and steady in one kind of path. And then it diverts at a certain point because there's a crossroad. I see many people do that. I naturally, which I didn't realize until the first time I took a trip abroad solo with a partner at the time, did I awaken this understanding that I have a very wanderlust spirit, which meant that I love new experiences to help inform me and make me a better human. And so that was my path. So I do think it kind of depends, but I sure do like my path. <laughs> Tell us a little bit um, about what you're currently doing. Um, and I guess like how you sort of worked up the courage um, or, or whatever you might describe it, but like how you sort of got here holistically. Yes. How did I get to where I am now? So you know, everything that I do this point in time, this present time, because things can change, but it feels so true in my heart and in my soul is allowing others to understand uh, what it means to have faith and then allow synchronicity to occur. Because to me, when synchronicity things occur and you're like, whoa, I can't believe that happened when I was just thinking that, or I was wondering where I should go. And all of a sudden this thing happened, or there's all these magical moments. And I think of these miracles as blessings because I am open and present to witnessing them. So they don't happen just to quote special people. It's just whether or not we choose to be incredibly present and listen to our own intuition. And so how did I pivot into this? Well, like I, all the different jobs that I shared with you about, or the different places that I might have traveled to all happened because there was a moment where I woke up in my dream and realized I am just living life on this robotic way. I don't want to just get up, brush my teeth, go to work, come back home, go out for dinner with friends, and then watch a movie and then go to sleep and do the same thing over and over again. There must be something more. And so when I removed myself from that robotic sense of expectations that no one necessarily truly is putting on me, but me, or I think there's this pressure that others are, but really that's not fully real either. Then all of a sudden I gave myself permission to think of what ifs. And because of that, every single pivot that I've encountered never happened because I pushed or because I forced it or I controlled the outcome. They all beautifully happened because I actually stepped back. I gave myself some space. I said, I did not know, but I want to go wherever life takes me. And then these synchronistic opportunities would present themselves for the most incredible lesson and um, journey for me to go on. I love that so much because when you push, it just doesn't work, does it? Like in my experience, it just doesn't work. Like when you're like, okay, I really, really want this exact thing in this, ex in this exact way. And then you're like, I'm going to just go all in for that one thing. Um, I find that that's when things can feel hard. Yeah. So I think that's the thing, that it feels hard. So I have found that, yeah, there are moments in my life that I have pushed and it had worked, but it wasn't sustainable. So I wouldn't say that necessarily it doesn't always work. There are definitely times when I push, push, and it just falls flat and it doesn't go anywhere. But there are other times where I'm like, ah, see, I accomplished it. All I have to do is quote, work hard, do my due diligence, show people, you know, what I've got and all that stuff. And it'll work itself out. But 
what happens is afterwards, I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel recognized within myself. I feel incomplete versus when I don't push and I allow that flow to happen. When I complete that experience, I feel so fulfilled and nourished and ready for the next adventure. That is brilliant advice, I think, for everyone, no matter what they're doing or whether um, they're doing a career pivot. I think that, you know, that could be similar in a career as well. Um, Just, yeah, getting away from that pushing and just letting the synchronicities to occur and letting things feel easier. Um, Yeah. yeah. One more other thing that I wanted to share regarding the career pivot is, There are these moments where, you know, typically I want to pivot because I feel so, um, I feel awful in the job that I had, right? So I would start feeling like I wasn't worthy or that there was bullying happening or no one saw my worth or there's like all of these different reasons. And I would come to the state of places of complaining. Like, I just want to get out of this. I am so unhappy. What can I do? This is unfair. And a place of sadness, frustration, and deep anger would arise. And then looking for opportunities in the midst of that. What I notice is when I move through that anger and that frustration, and I come to a place of truly, so it takes a bit, right? I need to fully feel it. But when I can get to a place of then putting a stake in the ground and say, actually, this is showing me that I need to move on. So thank you. Now I would like to create some gratitude for my work because it sustains me in my transition. It pays the bills. It gives me this opportunity so I can be okay with that and be at peace so that I can then find the opportunity that's optimal. But that opportunity doesn't arise when I'm in that full state of rage and discomfort. Oh, I love this so, so much. Um, I think I definitely experienced this when I was sort of transitioning out of corporate um, in terms of like, yeah, I was in this kind of place of like, yeah, I I was like, I really want to get out, you know, in that kind of complaining and angry place. But it is really hard to create um, something amazing from that place. That's what I found. And so I was like, okay, I need to start feeling better in myself right now and then come from that place in order to create something new. So I guess you've put it much more eloquently, but I definitely felt that. Yeah. It's such a natural state of wanting to like to fully, fully feel angry. But the thing that gets slippery that I know just for myself in all of those different careers was I started to place myself as a victim and that didn't give me an opportunity to make sovereign choices. 100%. And I think we all definitely like, you know, can feel, um, victimized sometimes because it's like, oh, why is this happening to me? No matter, you know, what, whether it's in relation to your life or career, but from that place, yeah, you can't make those powerful kind of choices for yourself. So, okay. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? Um, I guess let's talk about your most recent pivot. Um, but yeah, in stepping into sort of like your own business, uh, and yeah, how did you sort of move forward from them? You know, the most recent pivot from career into my own business, I had been in 
a place where I realized that I could take a really scary leap into the one thing that I have come to terms with understanding that are part of my gifts or what I would say also as my medicine. And at the time I was at a design consulting firm, which was a godsend because prior to that, I was in a very toxic um, environment with teaching and I was very unhappy and depressed. And so this was a great shift. So when I was at the design consulting firm, it gave me all the tools and the skill sets. And I think what I realized is that I stopped instead of having the mindset or the perspective that this isn't what I want to actually do. And so this sucks. I was in this pure place of joy and um, curiosity and wanting to learn everything I could from this place, as well as give back as much as I could before knowing that I was going to leave. And when I was there, I ended up realizing that I, what I was doing there was corporate coaching. And I thought, well, this is amazing. What is this thing? And so the pivot for me was acknowledging and realizing that I had a particular gift that wasn't necessarily known to all, that it wasn't mainstream and that that was okay. And when I gave my per- myself permission to dream into the impossible, what I thought was impossible, Like I thought it was impossible to go off and travel and coach and be location independent. And I mean, who was I to consider even being able to do that? But when I thought about the impossibilities and got excited about them, had bigger goals than I ever imagined, all of a sudden I was starting to attain them in very interesting ways, not ways that I thought I would. And so the pivot happened by me finding a transition job that gave me additional skill sets while also making me feel safe to be able to explore being on my own. So how, like, what were some of the challenges that you faced, I guess, um, stepping into your business from your career? And do you, did you find that it needed like a whole kind of new mindset and new identity? Like, did you have to leave behind and shed that old identity? Yeah, so great question. Shifting into business, I found that I needed to really embrace being courageous. So all of a sudden, because it was me and my work, me being people coming to me because I'm me, it had a very different spin versus in your career, you do your work and then you come home, you let it go and you come home. And there isn't this like, right, there isn't this comparison of my worth is based on me and I'm successful if people decide that they are going to pay to be part of whatever it is I'm offering. And so it's a whole different mind game that happens, an explosion of insecurities that you may not even consider you still had. So all of those little niggles that you had when you were younger, every single one of them starts showing up. And so to me, being an entrepreneur is all about very much self-awareness, understanding what it means to shift your mindset and being very courageous in your acts, because that's what's going to create movement. And lastly, it's literally one step at a time. But yeah, the biggest challenge for me was ensuring that I I was encouraging myself and knowing that I could do this. Yes, I definitely experienced that going from corporate as well. It was like, you know, you could be really amazing at your job, but you never really have to face those 
insecurities that can come up when you're putting yourself out there as a business owner, particularly I think when you've got a personal brand as a coach. So yeah, 100% um, those things definitely come up. So it is, and for me, it's kind of been like, you know, just working on that mindset piece every single day. And then when you have like new, when you put new things out in the world, something might come up again. (laughs) And then you have to work again on the mindset. Yes, it's very much a spiral process. And I find that no matter what stage or phase you're in, that there is a cycle uh, and a rhythm to what disruption and discomfort you feel. So it never goes away. It's just that you understand how to move through it a little bit more masterfully. <laughs> yes. Um, Sora, tell, tell me a little bit about what are your mindset practices and how have you worked on that? So for me, um, it shifted much more into, so mindset at first to me was all about what first and foremost, addressing and identifying and really becoming aware of what my mind was actually saying. And to me, that is one of the hardest practices to understand and go through before you get to some of the other things. So simply having the awareness, knowing that your sacred witness, which is kind of like above you, listening to what you are saying and feeling and thinking and all the words that are said internally that you don't even realize is happening. And that could be through conscious stream, unconscious stream of writing. That could be just speaking into your phone. That could be journaling. That could be going somewhere like nature and taking a hike with no music and no phone and just realizing what words start coming over and over in your head. And so that I think is one of the first biggest hurdles to overcome because once you're where you can then realize how hard you are on yourself. And by doing so, then of course, being able to create different words of encouragement, tracking your emotions, shifting the words and the and the statements that you're saying into a new agreements. But lastly, the place where I work and where I think is my magic is taking that mindset and then bring it into the energy world. So going into the energetic field and then clearing it. Amazing. I love that so much. Getting out in nature definitely um, for me has been um, something that's been so healing and helped me so much on the process of, yeah, just like reframing my mindset and shedding kind of, I guess the old kind of identity that I had um, in corporate that I had to really let go of and leave behind um, to sort of embrace like my new self, I guess, going into business. So yeah, for me, getting out in nature and journaling and yeah, identifying those limiting beliefs that come up has been super, super important as well. Um, Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So, okay. What are your top three recommendations for, let's say someone who is in a job, but they're kind of feeling like, you know, perhaps they're in that complaining stage or they feel like, you know, they're kind of victims of their circumstances and not sure how to get out of a job that they're not feeling aligned with and they're not really enjoying. What would you say like are the next steps for someone in that position? Absolutely. So for me, I believe that the next step is finding something that gives you life. (laughs) So finding something that makes you feel like you are playing and creating. And I don't mean necessarily because whatever you're pivoting into, but I just simply mean maybe you desire to actually 
throw some clay on the wheel and you wanted to take a pottery class or you realize that you really wanted to take a break and take a two week vacation. And so you decide, you know what, I'm going to plan to do that when when we're open to be able to do that. Right. So for me, it's around creating a sense of life again, because when that happens, all of a sudden you stop thinking so much about work and how unhappy you are because you're in a natural state of joy in these other areas because sometimes especially with work and your career it becomes all consuming and then it reaches into all aspects of your life including home and your friendships and all these things so if we can move into a different space first rather than focus on how do I get out of the job and bring some life into you then there's this positivity that flows into you and from that place the next thing I would say is to dream, meaning write or envision everything, even the most ridiculous things. So going through the activity of writing something down and saying, and then, and adding on to it to a point where you're laughing because you're like, oh my gosh, this is a bit ridiculous because there's a seed in there of real truth that absolutely can come your way. And then the last part of that is once you've done that to, for me, I love getting inspiration from books and movies and TV shows. And so I naturally start noticing that there are particular things I like to read or binge watch or, and there's a reason. So if I can stay in that place and realize, oh, wow, I'm watching that show because I really like how that person changed their career and look what that person is doing. That's really interesting. I wonder what that would mean for me. And all of a sudden these ideas start coming up. So those are kind of the um, suggestions I would have. I love those so much. Thank you so much for sharing. I um I think like one thing that I do tell my clients as well, my career pivot clients is to journal out like their ideal work day. So like not like a day that you're, you know, on holiday and like on the beach, but a day where you get up and like, you know, you might work out or, you know, whatever it might be. And then it's like, what are you ideally doing in your day? Like, where are you working? And, and like, you know, wh- who are you working with and what meetings are you having? Are you, ha- if you're having meetings at all um, and it's like, yeah, it's like getting out of your current role and current situation and then just dreaming of like what would that look like ideally and I find that can help as well yes absolutely (laughs) just on what you were saying um because I loved like what you were saying about stepping into that joy and creating you know that kind of feeling in your life to get away from that um the more negative feelings that you might have um did you find that you had to sort of relearn like how to feel joyful like because sometimes I find that you know if you're in a certain emotional state for a really long time you can almost like become addicted to it (laughs) have you found that Yes, absolutely. There is that quality, meaning because you become so comfortable in that, that you forget what another possible emotion could feel like or experience could feel like. So I completely understand that. For me, it's less about relearning and more about remembering. And so when I'm at that stage of 
um, you know, I'm disgruntled and I'm grumpy and I know it and I don't actually want to get out of it. The first thing for me is to just notice that and be able to have dear friends near me, soul family who aren't there to try to save me or rescue me, but just want to be there to witness me. And I can share all that to a point where I start laughing, being like, wow, I really don't want to be out of this. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And from that place, noticing what I recollected as ways for me to find joy. And for me, that's all about connection. So it's about having meaningful connections with people that bring me to a state of um, curiosity, because now it's more, it's more about others and not just only about me and my life. Right. When we get into the stage of feeling very um, sad or angered by our situation, it becomes a lot about just us. We have these blinders on. So if I can find activities or different understandings, uh, for me, it's also looking at systemic oppression and realizing, oh, yeah, I'm put in a container, but also let's look outside of that and what else is happening. It becomes more than me. The, uh, the, the fact that when something becomes more than me, I get outside of myself. And from that place, it's a lot easier to remember what joy feels like and where I might find the opportunities to feel that again. That's amazing. I love that idea of yeah, connecting in order to get out of that kind of state and get into more of that joy flow. Um, yeah, I found like, yeah, getting into my body as well can can support me with that. Um, like get, you know, doing yoga and like just getting out of out of your head as well. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Movement and embodiment practices can be so helpful. Also helpful for you to be able to like fully feel and let it go. Yeah, fully feeling it is important, I guess, because it's kind of like if you're just, you know, if you're just kind of avoiding the feeling and perhaps distracting or numbing, that's never good either. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. So what would you say to someone who has been potentially sitting on the fence for a little while? They, you know, they're ready to make the step, but they're like, oh, this is, you know, this feels hard or this feels um, too scary to do it. Or they're just kind of like maybe next year or just putting it off. What would you say to someone in that situation? Oh, hands down to work with someone like yourself. So I truly believe that when you're ready to basically what it feels like is going off a cliff, right? And so there's all of these fears, yet you know that this is the right time to do it. And then all of a sudden excuses start coming. It could be a year, two, five, 10 that you make the choice. And so for me, it's always about getting support. Connection and support are key. So finding a professional that could help support me in ensuring that I am being clear about what my desires are and cheering me on and keeping me accountable so that I can remove the fear so that I can continue to take a step at a time towards my dreams my goals is important. So important. Oh my goodness. I feel like I wouldn't have stepped into my business if I didn't have my coach. <laughs> they kind of showed me, it was like, yes, they showed me what was possible. Um, and particularly when I had no one around me in my life physically that was in business um, for themselves. And so it was like, yeah, working with that coach supported me so much. And then just, yeah, supported me through all the fears that come up and the, and the doubts and, you know, the, the transition. So 
Yeah, 100%. So important. Um, So what is one book that has made a massive impact for you, uh, I guess, in in relation to finding and pursuing your passion and your career? Oh, goodness. What is one book? So the, uh, I would say probably The Artist Way. So it was a book to help me drop into a state of creativity and curiosity. And the funny thing is that I had bought the book and was going to go to a group and go through the book. And I say this because I never fully completed The Artist's Way. I only began it. But the reason why it was so important is because everything about that book was about understanding that everyone can be creative and incredibly successful and thrive in a state of true alignment. And as soon as I opened the book and made the commitment to do so, my life completely changed. I love it. I have not read that one. Um, Who's it by? So it is a book called The Artist Way by Julie Cameron. Julie Cameron. And it is, uh uh-huh, it is a bit of a... um, it's a almost more like a workbook. So there's these daily tasks that you do. Um, you'll probably you, you have probably heard of morning pages. Morning pages came from Julie Cameron and the Artist Way. Oh, I haven't heard of that one either. I love when I um, hear of new book recommendations. I'm going to put that on my list and I'm going to link to it in the show notes for sure. Um, I've read uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I loved um, in, yeah, in, in the same kind of vein uh, of creating. And then also um, oh, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. Have you read those? Mm, yes, I've read both of those as well. So good. So good. Thank you so much for that recommendation. Thank you, Sora. So what are you currently working on and where can people go to find out more about you? Sure. So uh, people can go to devotedway.com and I'm working on constantly being of service as a priestess and an energy coach for coaches and healers as a way to help open them up into learning their mystical sides and using intuition as a way to co-create a prosperous new world with the divine mother. And so it's a joy to do and it's a deep devotion um, as a way for me to be of service. So I love it. Oh, so good. I can just hear it in your voice, how passionate you are about what you do. And I just love that so much. Um, And I love the work that you do in the world. So thank you so much for all of the incredible work that you do in the world. Um, And I'm going to link to all of that uh, and your social media, of course, as well in the show notes. Uh, And everyone needs to jump on and follow you because, yeah, the work that you do is just incredible. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. And if you loved this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a review. You'll find a link to this episode and all of the show notes at becksands.com forward slash podcast. While you're there, make sure you sign up for my free weekly email newsletter where I share loads of practical advice for making your career pivot. Remember, you deserve to do work in the world that you love. Until next time, have an awesome day. I'm not